Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. Can I share with you one of my least favorite songs from John Lennon? Imagine there's no heaven, it's easy if you try, no hell below us, above us only sky. Now, why do you think John Lennon wanted us to believe there's no heaven and no hell? I think it's because, I'm guessing, he just doesn't want accountability. And then he goes on, you may say, I'm a dreamer. Well, I think he was a dreamer, and now John Lennon knows if there's a heaven and a hell. On this program for this half hour, I want us to talk about the purifying power of accountability. Here's this woman that says to me, you know, I used to be in a Christian small group, eight other people, we'd pray for each other, we'd share our trials with each other, we'd read the Bible together. She said, oh, I miss that. There is a purifying power in accountability. We used to have a radio show. This older woman calls in one day on the air and she says, I don't want to tell you what my sin problem is, but I've had this certain sin problem almost my whole life. How do I get over this? And I said to her, have you ever talked to anybody about it? And she said, no. I said, you got to talk to somebody about this. Listen, I think every Christian needs a priest. And by that, I don't necessarily mean a literal priest, but every Christian needs some other person in their life to whom they can confess their sins. I mean, the early church, the ancient church, turned the world upside down, and I think it's because they were in close-knit Christian fellowship in the early church, and that has a tendency to purify you and when you're pure, you're on fire for the Lord. So let's study now, what does the Bible say about being accountable to other people? Would you take out your Bible? Turn to James chapter 5. And before we begin, let's take a minute to pray. Father, we do want to pray for anybody watching this show and they're caught in a certain sin that they just can't seem to stop doing. Lord, we would pray for every person that you'd give each of us some kind of priest, some kind of accountability partner uh, with whom we can share our struggles. And Lord, speak to us by your Holy Spirit now. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. James chapter 5 and we start at verse 16. Therefore, let's stop there. When you see the word therefore in the Bible, you've got to stop and ask what it's there for. Therefore means this. Because of what I just said, therefore the following is true. All right. Well, what did, what did James just say? We're not going to read it, but uh, verse 15 says, if you want to be healed, now verse 16, therefore you've got to do the following. So, um, in other words, very often God doesn't just zap and heal you. He's got a therefore. He's got one or two things he wants you to do to access the healing. 
Let's see what the first thing is. James 5, verse 16, therefore, if you want to be healed, confess. The New Testament was written in Greek. The Greek word for confess is homo logeo, which means to say the same thing. So when you're confessing to God, you're saying, God, I say the same thing you say about what I just did. It was a sin. So the word confess simply means to agree with God. Therefore, confess, next words, your sins. And notice, it's plural there. In other words, be specific. When you pray, don't just say, oh, God, you know my sins. Please forgive them. No, sins, plural. God, forgive me for taking your name in vain. Forgive me for lust. Forgive me for yelling at so-and-so. Get specific when you confess. Therefore, confess your sins, plural, next words, to one another. That means be accountable to someone. Notice here, it doesn't say confess your sins to God in this verse. It says confess your sins to someone else. So let me ask you this. Do you have anybody in your life that you confess your sins to? Martin Luther pointed out the word priest is not in this verse. You don't have to confess your sins to a priest, but it's good to find somebody to confess your sins to. And if it's a priest or a pastor, that's fine too, but find somebody. <laughs> and you know, even unbelievers know the power of confession. That's why we have Alcoholics Anonymous groups. That's why Joe the bartender hears people's confessions when they're standing at the bar. There's a purifying power of confession. I mean, when I was in college and God started to deal with me on my sin, I will be honest and tell you the last person on earth I would have talked to about my sins was my pastor in Omaha. But God gave me a counselor that I could talk to about my sins. So... Um, Every Christian needs a priest of some sort. John Wesley founded the Methodist Church in England back in the 1700s. He formed what he called his bands, group of about 12 people each, and they, those groups were formed to obey James chapter 5, verse 16. Here's what Wesley said. The purpose of our meeting together is to obey this command of God, confess your sins to each other. Each member of the band is to speak freely and plainly of the true state of his soul, with the faults committed in thought, word, or deed since the last meeting. At every meeting, each member was precisely to be asked, what known sins have you committed since our last meeting? <laughs> and that purified them. If you know you're going to have to talk to a group about your sins, that's going to make you a little slower to do it again. And sadly, this bands ministry has died out in the Methodist Church, but a lot of zeal has also died out of the Methodist Church. So, would you do this? Would you find a Christian friend and say, can we meet once a week? Or can I call you on the phone once a week? And could you hold me accountable in these areas and pray for me on the phone or when we meet for coffee or whatever? Chuck Swindoll wrote a book on what you should ask your accountability partner. So if you set up one of these little meetings once a week, here's what he says you should ask. Seven questions. Number one, have you been with a woman or a man this week in an inappropriate way? Number two, have you been above reproach in your financial dealings this week? Number three, have you exposed yourself to any explicit material this week? Number four, 
Have you spent daily time in prayer in the Bible this week? Number five, have you fulfilled your calling this week? Number six, have you taken off time to be with your family this week? And number seven, have you just lied to me? <laughs> if you want to be healed, therefore, you need to be accountable. Next part of verse 16, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Those words mean prayer is crucial. I mean, we need to get over this mindset, and I get it too, that prayer is nice, but it really doesn't do that much. That's wrong. I have this on my wall to remind me of the truth. From Alfred Lord Tennyson, more things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams of. In other words, when you get together and pray, well, when you pray alone, but especially when you get together with another Christian and pray, wonderful, powerful things happen. In fact, maybe you won't get victory over that certain sin until you humble yourself and get prayer from another Christian. Next words in verse 16. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Here's God's arithmetic. Accountability to one another plus prayer equals healing. Let me repeat that. Accountability plus prayer equals healing healing. Um, again, God can just zap you and heal you, and he does that, but normally he wants to involve other Christians. He wants the healing to come through the church often. A couple days ago, I was talking with this lady. She's in her 90s. She has a very painful ailment she's had for years, and I said to her, have you ever gotten the anointing with oil like it says to do in James chapter 5? And she said, no. And I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about it. I just kind of urge her, do it. <laughs> Again, maybe you won't get healed until you follow James chapter 5, where it says to call for the elders and get the anointing with oil for your healing. Accountability plus prayer equals healing. Verse 17. Elijah was a man of nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. Then again he prayed, and the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Here's the next lesson. Prayer works. Did you read that about Elijah? When you pray, big things happen. <laughs> and here's a story of a cruise ship in the middle of the ocean. Black storm clouds are coming from the distance, and the woman runs up to the captain. Sir, do you, uh, look at those clouds. Do you think we'll make it? And he said, well, madam, we can only pray. And she said, oh, it's come to that? Like the last thing you do is pray? Christian, no. The first thing we do as Christians when storm clouds are coming, we pray because prayer works. Now, let's ask this question. Why should I be accountable? I mean, I go to church, I'm doing okay. Why do I have to meet with someone and talk to them about my sins? Yuck, that's uncomfortable. Can't I just sit in the pew? Well, listen to now why you should have an accountability partner. Verses eight, 19 through 20. My brother, if any among you strays from the truth and one turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. Why be accountable? According to that verse, 
to save your soul from death. The Bible teaches if you are living a lifestyle of impenitent sin, you're living in sin, according to the Bible, you're not going to be saved. And the best way to get over a hard-hearted, impenitent, sinful lifestyle is to have another Christian regularly in your face saying, How you doing? All right. You've heard the basic sermon now. Let me close with this. What will be the, the result if you choose to stay unaccountable? And then, what will be the results if you choose to be accountable? Let me just quickly take you through this. If you choose to have no accountability, no priest in your life, what will be the results? Number one, no one will be in your face. You will just sin and sin and sin, and nobody will hold you accountable but God on Judgment Day. Second result of unaccountability, no one will know you. No one will know the real you, warts and all. I had a Christian businessman in my office some time ago, and we had the best deep talk about God. And at the end of it, he said to me, you know, I never talked to anybody about God. And it was just such a sad comment. The second result of unaccountability, no one will know you and what you believe and will hold dear. Third result of unaccountability, Continued defeat in your life. You won't get over your sins if you are, remain unaccountable. A fourth result of un unaccountability, you won't be sharp for the kingdom. Proverbs uh, 27 says, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And if you won't be accountable, you won't be sharp for the kingdom. And the last result of unaccountability is no one to share your burdens. You'll go through life all by yourself, trying to live the Christian life all on your own, and that's sad, and it doesn't work. All right. All right, let's say, though, you decided, okay, I, I want to obey James 5.16. I'm going to be accountable to somebody. I'm going to find somebody in, or be in a small group, or I'm going to have an accountability. I'm going to be accountable. What will be the results? Number one, it is uncomfortable. <laughs> I have an accountability partner. I talk with him once a week. He asks questions about how I'm doing, about specific things that I don't like it, but it's good for me. So it is uncomfortable. But the second result of accountability is someone knows who you are, warts and all, sins and all, and they can minister Christ to you. Another result of accountability is greater victory. You won't be perfect but you'll be much better than you would have been had you stayed unaccountable. And another result of accountability, you'll be sharper for the kingdom of God. 2 Timothy 2 says this, If anyone purifies himself from what is ignoble, then he will be a vessel for noble use, useful to the master of the house. So shun youthful passions, etc. The sharper you are, the purer you are, the more the Lord will use you for the kingdom. And one last result of becoming accountable, you'll have someone to share your burdens with. You won't be going through life all by yourself. I can think of two older ladies, both of them have died now, but one, but Christian women, but one was kind of cantankerous. But the other Christian woman called this woman every morning and they had a little devotional time on the telephone. 
and, and that she was making it so this cranky old Christian woman wasn't having to go, having to go through her struggles all by herself. So my hope for you, you'll find some small group, you'll find an accountability group, you'll find a Christian uh, a person that you can meet with once a week or at least talk on the phone with once a week and become accountable in those areas where you're under attack. And I'll just close with this. I knew a Christian man who came out of horrible drug addiction. I think cocaine and the harder stuff. Well, he gets born again, and he tells me he doesn't go to church once a week. I think he went to church two or three times a week. He didn't go to one support group for his addiction. I think he went to three groups each week, and he was such a Christian witness. Well, I bumped into him a couple years later, and I, oh, how you doing? And he couldn't look me in the eye, and you could just tell by the look on his face he was not doing well. Well, hallelujah, I think it was this week, a mutual friend said, he's doing well again. And I bet it's because he's accountable again. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of Scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with Him. Pastor Brock, you're talking about an accountability partner, but how does one go about actually finding an accountability mm -hmm. partner? I think the first step is, if you're not going to church regularly, you got to find a church. And hopefully at your church, they've got Bible studies, they've got accountability groups, maybe, but um, you want to, if you're not going to church, we're commanded to go to church in, in Hebrews chapter 10. So that might be the first step to find a good church. If you've already got Christian people in your life, you just pray, God, is there somebody I should ask to do this? And you just pray and, well, you know, that person. And if you're a man, you need a male accountability partner. If you're a woman, you probably want a woman accountability partner. And you just pray and see if the Lord brings someone to mind. So it's all right for you to pick a friend? Yeah, or yeah if, they're, if they're open to it. If they're open and I would to just it. say, you know, can we meet once a week or at least talk on the phone once a week? And here's what I want you to pray for me and ask me questions on. Okay. And, you know, Jackie, for men, especially with all the pornography today with the Internet, there's some, you can Google something, men, called National Coalition for Purity. Uh, women have pornography problems, too. So just National Coalition for Purity, and they've got these groups they'll put you in where you're in a group, of, a small group of people that are holding you accountable. Okay. All right, you talked about confessing our sins. Do you have to confess your sins to a priest or a pastor to be forgiven? Uh, no. I, I mean, the Catholic Church would teach that. I don't believe that. Because as Luther pointed out, James chapter 5, verse 16, the word priest is not in that verse. But it's healthy to find somebody, and nothing's wrong with doing it with a priest or a pastor, but it's healthy for our souls to have somebody to whom we confess our sin. I mean, Jackie, I've got a buddy who's become an Orthodox Christian, uh, and he's had, a, he's had a porn problem for years. Well, now he has to go and confess his sins to his priest periodically. It's putting a dent in his porn addiction. And so it, it, if it can, it's nothing wrong with doing it with a priest or a pastor. Okay, but why is it necessary to confess to a person? Why can't you just confess to God uh -huh. your sins? Yeah, 
And you can, and we do. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses. I mean, Jackie, I confess my sins to God kind of all day long. <laughs> but that verse in James says to also do it with another person. And I'm not being super strict on this. I think if, if, if you confess your sins to God, he forgives you. But we're told, and, uh, so why, for instance, why do I confess my sins to uh, my prayer partner? It makes me accountable and, and slower to sin. Also, Jackie, there are days I wonder if God forgives my sins. And it's nice to hear the confessor say, in Jesus' name, you are forgiven. I need that. So that's why. Okay, well, that makes some sense to me. <laughs> All right, anointing with oil. How does one go about getting anointing with oil yep. if they feel they need it? I didn't cover that very much, but in James chapter 5 that we just looked at, it says this, If anyone is sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick man. So what I said to this lady, this 92-year-old lady, was call for the elders of your church and say, can I get the anointing with oil? And because it says elders, plural, I like to follow that to the T, so I wouldn't ask one to come out. Can you bring two guys, and, and you just put a little oil on your forehead, and they put their hands on you, and they pray for healing. And, and the way you get it is, again, you need to be part of a church. Everybody watching this show, if you don't go to church and you think you're going to be a Christian all by yourself, think again. Uh, Hebrews 10 says, be part of a church. And, and so find, find a church, and then if you need to do an anointing with oil, call the pastor. Now, sadly, a lot of churches don't have the anointing with oil. So you might have to call it around, uh, but a lot of churches do. Where did the anointing from, with oil come from? I'm thinking, possibly, maybe I'm wrong, but didn't Mary use oil? On his, Jesus' feet, the perfume on his feet. Um, I don't. Th I think it's kind of different than that. That was kind of an extravagant showing of, of love? yeah, of love and anointing his body before the burial. So I think this, uh, it, the anointing of oil. Some people would say it was kind of their medicine back then. That can be true, um, but I think uh, I'd have to study on that more. All I know is James five says to do it. And Jackie, you know how cheap I am. I, I want to get the anointing of oil before I spend five thousand dollars on a doctor, and I do. I've had neck problems and back problems, and hallelujah. They're being, they, they really are pretty much gone now. It took a while. So I went to the pastor and I said, can I get the anointing with oil? And he did it. And I'm not going to have to spend quite so much money now, Jackie. <laughs> and for you, that's a problem. That's Tom. kind of a big deal, yes. <laughs> so if I have true faith, will God always heal us? Or heal me? Yeah, you know, Jackie, a lot of these preachers on TV are into the health and wealth gospel, that if you believe hard enough, you name it and claim it, and God's going to make you physically wealthy and physically healthy. I don't believe that. Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, take a little wine for the sake of your frequent stomach ailments. He doesn't say, Timothy, where's your faith? Name it and claim it. God's going to heal you. He says, take your medicine. And it says in the Old Testament, you know, Elisha in the Old Testament raised people from the dead. And it says, now when Elisha became ill of the illness of which he was to die. So nothing was wrong with Elisha's faith, and he still died of an illness. I think God does heal us still, miraculously, a lot. I mean, think of all the times you've been sick, and you're well. You're a healthy person. Me too. Think of all the times God has healed us. But to say that God always has to heal us is overboard. Sometimes he heals us by taking us to heaven. That's what I was going to say. Ultimately, though, the ultimate healing is to die and Amen. to go to heaven, Amen. right? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Okay. If I find an accountability partner, 
How often should we meet? Have you got any guidelines mm -hmm. for that? Mm -hmm. Like what, how we should start talking yeah. about things? I think part of it is it's individual. I can think of this guy that I just mentioned that has the rip-roaring drug problem. Uh, for him to meet three times a week with someone is a good thing because it's such a battle for him. I think for most people, meeting with someone once a week is probably good, once a week. Uh, but it kind of depends on how intense your battle is. There, there may be times when you need to call your accountability partner two or three times that way. You can say, look, I'm under temptation. Would you stop and pray with me? Okay, so it, there is no set no, schedule. No, you kind no, of have but to part of the it. thing about having an accountability partner, let's say every Monday at 8 o'clock, we're going to meet or, or be on the phone. But then you also say, you know, but on Wednesday, if I'm having problems or whatever, do you mind if I call you? That, that's part of the whole thing. Okay. Does every church su suggest small groups? I mean, or are there some places where it would be really difficult to find, like, a small group yeah. to branch well, off to? You know, sadly, a lot of churches don't have small groups. And, and I think that that's a tragedy. If you can find it, it, maybe you're going to a good church and you like your church, but they don't have small groups. Well, probably the other church down the street that does have them will probably let you be part of their small group. So it, it just depends on the congregation. Okay. Yeah. Pastor Brock, how many years have we been doing this now? We've been doing this show for 26 years, Jackie. <laughs> Seems like just yesterday. <laughs> yes. Well, I had hair and you didn't have gray hair. There right. you go. <laughs> So can you share with our viewers what's sure. happening here yeah. and what we're doing? And you bet. I will do that. Hi, everybody. And, you know, if you all would go to pastorstudy.org, two S's, pastorstudy.org, you can watch our TV shows for free there. If you have somebody that needs to watch this show, tell them to come and to our website, pastorstudy.org. Um, pray for our ministry, if you would. We're on nationally now, all over the country, on DirecTV and Dish Network, and it's expensive. So if the Lord nudges you to support us, uh, you'll see an address at the end of this show, or you go to that website, and, and you can uh, support through the website. But uh, mainly, we ask you to pray for us, that the Lord will give us the funds to keep being on nationally, because that's been kind of fun. And Jackie's a movie star now. And <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, just pray for us. Go to pastorstudy.org. If the Lord leads you to support us, we'd appreciate that. And as Pastor said, people... It's different channels for different systems, mm -hmm. too. So you, our website is your best bet to get right to us right. and to even submit a question mm -hmm. if you'd like to have us answer it on a future program. Yeah, yeah, so, right. yeah. And Tom, what are you doing in your off time now? Well, in my off time, I just went to my sister's condo in Florida, which is why I've got a suntan. But, uh, I thought we should explain. <laughs> that's that's where the suntan came from. Yeah. Thanks for being with us this week. We pray that God would be with you, granting you his richest blessings until we're together again next time. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.